to the official podcast of the Canberra Raiders. Hopefully, off the seas out now. He puts a kick out. Croak is there against. Oh, Jared Croaker! What a catch by the skipper! Come join us as we go behind the limelight. Absolutely. Welcome to the official Canberra Raiders podcast, Behind the Limelight. I'm Raider Nick, and joined by the usual podcast panellists, Benny Pollock, Tommy Logan. G'day. How much fun is the podcast when you're winning games? It's the best. It's a great feeling, you know. You come oh. in, you, you're buoyed by the week that was. Everyone's getting around, excited, just loving life. And, uh, you know, the players are doing a great job on the field and, and the coaching staff behind the scenes. We're 4-1. and one. We're in a terrific position on the ladder, uh, but it's all about kicking on now. And it doesn't get any juicier than the old uh, traditional Late 80s, early 90s rivals, the yes. Raiders and the Broncos this uh, Sunday afternoon at GIO. The grand final that never was through the 90s there. We'll touch on that very soon. We'll catch up today for the first time. We had an English guy last week, another one this week, Ryan Sutton. And, of course, our back in time to 89 is Kevy Walters, if you want to talk about Broncos, Raiders. But, gents, 19-0, nice win, great win over Parramatta. It's a little nervous rocking up to the game. The NG's power are going to come here with a big game plan. They're very entitled to come here and win. A much improved team. We spoke about Blake Ferguson, what our good mate, you know, Junior Paulo coming back. Moses in good form. 19-0 to keep them scoreless. Quite impressive. But our second donut for the year. What a great feeling. Yeah, you know you've got a really quality team on your hands when you've kept two teams to zero so far this year. That's a sign of a premiership winning side. Look, I'm not going to jump to conclusions. Oh, the horse is bolted. I'm not going to. I don't want to. He's called. I don't want to. I don't, I don't really want to jump into that sort of talk because it's no, way too it, early on. But you know, you've got a really good side when you've got two. When you're holding two teams to zero. That's right. Well, the Raiders for the last few years, and we go back as far as you know, 15, 16, have known for their attack and the way that again. they can. The way that they can come back and, and win a game from nowhere. You know, it was sort of the, the the theory behind it. But the other theory was that they're a little bit fragile. Uh, in terms of defence, and teams knew that um, whether or not they got out to a lead or not, they'd always be able to run them down. But mm. there's a different resolve and a different feeling among this group. Um, yeah. and, and I think it's guys like John Bateman, Ryan Sutton that have come in and helped stiffen the defence up. I With think. no baggage of the past. No, that's too. right. And yeah. I think, um, and I think you know, Jack Whiten moving into the halves. We saw him shorten up oh. Blake Ferguson on the weekend in a great old, shot. Old room is there. There's a few, few big shots on the weekend. Hudson Young off the bench um, put a cracker on. Um, uh, we had. CS Oliola absolutely uh, sending yeah. uh, salmon into the into the turf there at GIO as well. So look, there's there's a real resolve around, amongst the team, and they just do not want to concede points. And even at nineteen nil, uh, when Parramatta were on the attack at the end of the game, they were still defending like it was the first minute of the game, and that's what you want to see. We saw that uh, when Jennings got held up towards the end and some of the boys probably thought saw him over the line and there was some disappointment mm. their heads went down thinking oh we conceded a try that, that's mm. a great sign to know that they're trying to keep that defend that line like a precipice as they say but you mentioned Jack Whiten how great is it seeing Jack Whiten doing what he's doing there at number six and, and the fact that he still got a couple of mistakes in him but as a half it'll happen as a pivot but the way he just bounces back and he kicked another ball out on the full, but then he was there a few plays later to pluck that bomb and to put his team in front, to put the nail in the coffin. It's just great to see him in action and finally realising his talent as a 5'8". Well, that's sort of the dummy half. The, the halves are the people that touch the footy the most in a game. So, you know, obviously, 
the more that you touch the ball, the more opportunities you have to make an error. So Jack's just got to get used to getting his hands on the ball a lot. Uh, he knows that it's going to be coming his way a little bit. And, you know, that kick out on the full. But you know what encouraged me on, from that particular one play? Go back and have a look at the vision. He kicks out in the full. What happens? He has five blokes around him straight away. Just giving him a little bit of encouragement. Okay. Telling him, don't worry. Jack puts his hand up. Within five seconds, that whole play is gone. They're yeah. focused on He's defending on. the next set, yeah. you know, and, and that's a and that's something they'll love to see. No one's putting their head down and, and kicking stones. They're making an error, and you know what? They're moving on and yeah. going into the next play. Well, you know, make up for it the next play. Tommy, the great another encouraging thing is we haven't been great. We haven't been great. We've been good, but we haven't been great, and we're still winning. We're still winning. We haven't really rolled into our form and our potential, which is such a promising sign because the big the big teams, the big clubs, they win when they're not actually clicking. And the fact that we've only lost one game bar a 10-minute patch against the Storm, been a fabulous form. But the fact that we haven't been totally polished, we're still winning quite convincingly. 19-0 against a team coming fifth, that's a massive effort. Yeah, there was a lot of hype uh, on Parramatta going into that game over yeah. the weekend, which I absolutely loved because more pressure on them, less pressure on us. The fact that we're winning these games uh, without sort of playing that sort of flamboyant attacking style that we've been known for over the past few years, I'm completely fine with that. As long as we get those Ws, that's all that matters to me. That's all that everyone else in the club all well cares about. So We've been playing well, but like our completions have been about 70%. They haven't been in the 80s or the 90s, and we're still winning. Like We could never win completing at 70%. The fact that we're doing that now and still winning convincingly, it's like, well, imagine if we start firing at all eight cylinders – Look out. Maybe we could be premiers, maybe. Yeah, I, th- I think I think the Knights game was a pretty good example of that. Uh, I think that scoreline when we played them down here only a few weeks ago, I think that really flooded Newcastle. I think that re- we really should have punished them a lot more. We just had a couple of unlucky things go our way, and a 17-10 scoreline was probably a bit uh, flattering towards yeah. Newcastle. Um, but you know what? It's only going to get better, and as long as our defence still holds firm and maintains that consistent form... A lot of good sign, a lot of good times to look forward to. I think the thing you have to remember too is this is a brand new spine. Absolutely, what's well, a fullback team? You got a fullback that came in um, at the last minute. Um, that's doing a wonderful job. Your hooker's uh, probably the only constant there. I mean, you've got Sam Williams in there at the moment. Um, he wasn't expected to start the season. He's been in, in pretty solid form the last mm. the few games that he's been in that side. Jack Whiten moving from fullback to six. So there's a lot of changes. That that cohesion that you talk about in attack that will come. Yeah. With the more games these guys play together. Because, I mean, there was times where we had a lot of metres down their end and you could slowly see a little bit of clunkiness and a little bit of nervousness in their attack. But just they talk about getting the fundamentals right and you know yourselves when you go to footy training from under six blues to first grade rugby league, the first thing you do is do ball work. The second thing you do is like do, do defence, which is a fundamental. If you get those basic things right, it is a cliche, the rest will come. And we're starting to see that now. We've got the, one of the best attacking Backlines in the comp, D right, and how the results are coming. So it's exciting times. It is, and yeah, the other key ingredient that we forget about, as particular, and this I'm talking about home games, is the crowd. How good was that crowd of the weekend? I mean, awesome. when the guys did that Viking, when when they did the Viking clap as the team run out, that was that was spine tingling stuff. I mean, we've yeah. we had the Viking clap now for just over two seasons, um, and you know when you when the crowds in the low tens, you know even up to around ten and a half, it it's still good, but when it's 16, 15, 16 plus, and the, and the crowd's doing that Viking clap. That atmosphere just goes to another level. And uh, I don't know, there was just something special about that atmosphere down there on the weekend. I absolutely loved being there, uh, and it was just great to be a part of it. 
So we move on to Sunday afternoon football, another home game, Canberra Raiders versus Brisbane Broncos. Look, a Broncos team, a little bit weary at the moment. They're 1-5, one of their worst starts for them for a long, long time. That won't happen. That, that won't stay for long. They've got a team and a roster that can click at any time. I hope it's not this Sunday. But I think tickets have been selling as, as early as last week. So we had 16,000 against Para. Let's get 20,000 against the Broncos. Mm, that's right. Match Day sponsor ITP um, bringing you all the action this weekend down there at GIA Stadium. Three grades again as well. Oh, the Jersey flag. How good is it? Up against, uh, they play the Warriors, as do the wow. Mounties. So we've got a couple of games against the Warriors early on, rolling into uh, the match there just after four o'clock, the NRL. You know, it's the first Channel 9 game for the boys for the year too. So probably a few new haircuts yes. in the lead up to it. Um, but, you know, getting that. National exposure. What do you mean the, haircuts? Through the haircuts free, every week. No, no, <laughs> through the free-to-air network. You know, it's it's un, yeah, it's at great the country for country time. That's right. It's great for our sponsors as well mm. to get that recognition um, on the big stage. So look, I think the boys will be up for it. But conversely, I think the Broncos will be too. I mean, 100%. they are absolutely copying a pizzling um, yeah. north of the from, border from their ex-players, from their ex-players, from their fans, from their, everyone to do with the club. You know, the, they're under siege yeah. and they're going to come down here with a point to prove. That's a dangerous team. And they've got some players 100%. in that team that can really break you open if you don't, as you say, do the fundamental things right. Yeah, well, we had a similar game last year where we had them on toast and they caught up and won. Yeah, good old mate, old Milf, uh, carved us up a little bit. But they showed signs against the Tigers last week. That first 20 minutes, they really brought that stiffness and thought, okay, they've had a bomb put under them by their legends, you know, Gordon Tallis and whatnot, Steve Renouf, and they're here to play. But they fell back in a little bit of a, a lull again but they'll come with an impressive 80 minutes uh, performance. Of course, their coach with some Canberra ties as well. He'll have them ready and on the Channel 9 cameras. But I just want to ask you both boys, being part of the media click here at the Raiders, there's a different vibe in the air when the Channel 9 cameras are around, I feel. Do you reckon? Oh, it's definitely different. It's like, The boys probably respond to they, that too. Yeah, I don't know if they if they do it um, subconsciously, but I'm, I'm sure that um, you know being on the big stage is a big thing for them as well. I mm. mean, not everyone has pay TV or KO Sports or Fox Sports or whatever it is that you watch the game on. So um, there's a real opportunity, as I said, for our club and, and our brand, the Raiders brand, to, to get some really valuable airtime this Sunday. And yeah. we've got a few nine games coming up over the next few weeks and it's a real opportunity for us to win some new fans. That's a, that's a big yeah. thing for us. I mean, it, it, let's let's not forget, it's, it's hard work um, trying to sell – um, tickets and, and memberships and things like that for a club that's not on the telly at all, hardly. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the average people that are sitting home on the lounge on a Thursday, Friday night or a Sunday afternoon, they, they don't usually get to watch us unless they've got um, the, the means through pay TV. So, you know, it's important for us to perform when we get these opportunities. And you know what? Historically, we do. We the do. boys live for these games. Rate really well out in the countryside, though. Yeah, we do. On free-to-wear TV. So... Mm. Channel 9, come on, it's about time. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited about the fact that this game is being televised on free-to-air. I think it, Ben actually just touched on that perfectly. These are the games where you you win those new fans that are first starting out like watching rugby league, whether you're a five-year-old kid. Yeah. I mean, when I was a well, kid... Well, getting them in their lounge rooms. Yeah, exactly. That's where you hit them. It's that sort of exposure, and I'd love to see GIO packed 20,000 doing the Viking clap. That, having that on a Sunday afternoon free-to-air TV, that can do wonders for our club. Absolutely. So I think that's what's really exciting me most about this It's weekend. Easter Sunday. You know, yeah. get out there, get, have your roast cool dinner or lunchtime, still. do your Easter egg hunt in the morning, go yeah. to church, whatever it is that you do on Easter. Have a quick then nap. Then come out to the footy, you know, get out of there. Also to mention to the Viking ambassador for that game is our lovely 
Phil Small, Philip yep. Elvis Small, who's been covering the Raiders for 30 plus years. That's right, radio, TV. He's he been was, everywhere. He has been everywhere. Great to and have he still Smalley. is. He's on both uh, radio he stations is. here in the nation's capital. Great to capital. have Smalley as our Viking ambassador. Look, I said, get out there and Very get behind fitting. the boys. It's yeah. going to be a great game. Ben's winding us up because his favourite part of <laughs> the podcast. Uh, behind the limelight crystal ball. Let's go to let's go to you first, Tommy Logan, because you've Did been stitched up. Did anyone get one up last week? Bateman no. was over the line for me, but he just couldn't didn't get, get the a ball try. down. No. I had BJ for a couple. He didn't. He made a good couple of breaks. What was yours? I had CNK getting a try. Getting a try. So where none of us got anything. Yeah. So Tommy, what's your prediction for this week? Look, I've had a I've had quite a big think about this, and this is going to sound like a very lazy answer, but I firmly believe that this is going to be the week that John Bateman will cross over the line. And I'm sorry yep. if that is your prediction, Benny, but no, no, I, that's I've just got week. a firm feeling. I've got a feeling that you you might be right too. So I, I like that one. I hope so. I tell you what, I'd love to see. I, I'm not going to. It's not my prediction, but Jared Croker only is three tries away from breaking the record. Was that yours? Do you reckon he's going to get a hat trick? I reckon he's going to get. A, I reckon he's going to get two. Yep. And then the week after against Manly, we're going to see him break okay. equal Toots Senior's record. Look, so for mine, it's two two tries to the captain. Okay. Co-captain I'm, I'm going Croker. outside the square a little bit. I'm not going to predict something on the field. I'm going to predict something off the field. I'm predicting a crowd of 18,000 plus down there on the weekend. We saw 16 last Sunday. Yeah. I think we can get 18 this weekend. He knows something. I don't know anything. I don't know the pre-sales <laughs> or anything like that. I I've just got get this 20. feeling. I've got this feeling that people are going to turn up on Sunday. I just have We've got 16 feeling. last week. We could get 20 this week. Yeah, well, let's hope so. I oh. can't wait. Oh, no, man. it seems like forever away. Bring it on. Bring it Bring on. on. Welcome, Ryan Sutton. G'day, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, are you? I'm very good, mate. First of all, a question I love to ask all the new boys. Canberra, how's our nation's capital been treating you since you got here, mate? Yeah, it's been really good, actually. Um, the transition's been really easy, and the club's made it. A really, a really easy transition for me, not only that, but the the place itself is very familiar from where I'm from. It's a, a quiet town, and this is a, a quiet city, so it's um, it's been quite easy to to come here. Um, I'm not used to hustle and bustle of city life, so it's been good, mate. You've uh, you've made a fair impact since you've uh, had the opportunity to start the games. Um, obviously, you had a bit of a Frustrating preparation in pre-season with, uh, with the trial game. You, you copped a bit of a head knock and then didn't probably get as many minutes as you'd like uh, in that game and then uh, probably limited minutes in the first couple of comp games. But since you've started, you seem to have grown a leg. Is that something that sort of just inspired you to, to you know, kick on? Yeah, um, I always knew that it weren't, it weren't going to happen straight away. Um, I'm a pretty unknown player coming over here, you know. Um, I've not played international or anything like that, so it's sort of... Baby steps, I think, you know, you could call it. Um, it's been good just to get sort of a feel of, of what the game's like at the start. And But obviously being a player, you don't come over here just to play show minutes you want to play as long as you can. So, um, yeah, once I got the opportunity to do so, I wanted to, you know, grab it with two hands. So, yeah, it's been it's been really good so far. And, you know, hopefully I can I can take it going further on now. There's, there's no doubt there's been a huge defensive focus in this team over the off-season. In your first season here, did you notice that when you came in, that defence was something that the, the guys really wanted to improve on? Yeah, um, you could. T- I think you could tell with the, with the wrestle that we were doing. That I think our wrestle sessions were like two hours long at one point and, you know, very techie-based, but also, you know, on our, on our wrestle side as well. But, yeah, it's... Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good thing because, you know, coming f- coming from Wigan, you know, that we weren't the biggest and um, we we sort of concentrated more on our D as well. So pretty used to it. 
and uh, it's good to come into a club like this and, and do the same thing. Johnny Bateman last week spoke about the speed of the ruck. Obviously, it's that eight second period to, to really clear. How have you found it? Uh, yeah, the, it's, def- it's definitely something that you have to get used to. Um, what was it like the first time you ran out in the, on an NRL, like whether it was the trial game? Was it like, wow, how quick is this? I reckon, I reckon it's probably it's probably the game that I started that you do notice it the most um, physically. You know, the, the teams that you're playing against, the, the bodies are probably a bigger overall. Um, but not only that, it's the two referee system that I think yep. really speeds it up. Mm. Um, over in Super League, you know, you've only got the one ref that you know you can get away with a few things around the ruck, but they're really they're really trying to you know speed speed the um, the ruck up, and it's it is one of the fundamentals of of the sport over here that is <laughs> is um, <laughs> is is faster than than what what is it. It is in the Super League, and it does take some some getting used to. You know, you've got to fight a bit more on the floor, and mm. same in the D, you've got to control it a bit more. Moving away from the the rugby league chat, let's talk about the experience of actually playing in the NRL. What's it like? What was it like on the weekend? I mean, we had sixteen thousand people down there um, for the game against the Eels, and the Viking clap was um, at its best before the boys run on. What, what was that feeling like as a player as you stand in the tunnel and you hear that noise when you're about to run on the field? Yeah, I think I've said it a few times. Um, you love it, don't you? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it is. It gets you up for it. You get sort of the chills on the back of your neck and all your hair starts to stand up. Um, you know, actually, I'll tell you one thing, because we watched the World Cup, the Football World Cup over in England and Iceland have the same thing. Yep, that, that's where we got it. Jeez, they love it. And so obviously, you know, you watch that on the TV and obviously watching the NRL games before I come over, you sort of, you, you do hear about the Viking clap and to experience it first hand, it's, it is something special and, you know, the team team takes a lot from it, especially having, like you said, 16,000 people doing that. It's, um, it's a real positive going out uh, in front of any team, you know, it, it gets you riled up, gets you... Makes you want to start well. What about when you're playing? For example, there's multiple opportunities there where you've got some penalties at your own line and the crowd start gets involved. Raiders, Raiders, that actually energise you as well? Yeah, well, that's that's something that is similar to back home. I reckon Canberra, because the ground's very close to the pitch, um, same as what we've got, what I was used to in Super League, you can sort of hear hear people. And mm. especially when the, when the fans are loud, um, it, it does help you. I think any team will tell you that. What about Canberra life, mate? What is it that you, you're warming to so far? What's the, where's, the, where's the places that you like to go and yeah. hang out? I, actually, before we go on, I have to ask you about this. You were there on the weekend when Elliot's scooter got pinched. <laughs> Where were you helping him out? You were in there watching Winks on the TV. Uh, I'm, I'm too busy. I'm not bothered by that. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, <laughs> someone, they asked me that before. And he was counting his winnings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was the thing. I didn't want to make myself sound like I was a... Uh, a gambler because I'm not, but <laughs> that day, that particular day, I had a really good day, and <laughs> that was the last thing that was going through my mind. Is his scooter? You know, I was um, <laughs> I was looking at the t- TV screen, thinking, "Yes, I'm getting." Well, I heard you could probably more. shout him three with the, with the winnings <laughs> you got that day. Well, what was his reaction like when he came <laughs> back oh, in? It was, it was a bit. He was confused. I, I didn't believe him at first. He went, my scooter's gone. I went, I was like, "What? <laughs> someone's just robbed my scooter." <laughs> <laughs> what are you on about? So the pickup pickup truck has just come back and taken my scooter. I've tried running after it. I was like, "You're having me on." And then, like <laughs> ten minutes later, it clicked. I went out. Well, like let's say two seconds later, we went outside and had a look, and it was gone. I was like, oh, "I believe you now." Obviously, it's gone. So we we jumped in my car. I had a little drive, like five minutes after, and come, I 
because I couldn't find or see anything. And then went and watched the footage, and oh my god, <laughs> I the, that was the f- that, on the video. That's me laughing. I just couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> it's just something you wouldn't think. Broad daylight. Mm. And they're not they're not like those things either. To pick that up and throw no. it in the back of the That's Ute was well, a fair struggle. He couldn't get it off the back of the Ute. It was <laughs> well, it, and he's not, you know, he's not a it, small boy. And it's the fact that he tried to run around the car to get into the passenger seat <laughs> or the dri- no, it's the driver's seat. Yeah, that's right. Same as home. Yeah, same as home. <laughs> and he decides to get on the other side and just stand up. I was like, oh, he should have just gone for the man. How was his temperament after? Was he like a bit bound out that you could probably notice? <laughs> nah, I think he was more shocked. I think because it was in the middle of the day and someone had the <laughs> someone had, someone had the thought of, yeah, I'll just go rob that midday. No people. The amount of people. No, cameras say, everywhere. Yeah, yeah cameras right. everywhere. But the thing is, that camera footage weren't the best and... <laughs> the only thing that we couldn't see were his face in the number plate. Like, for God's sake! Well, it's ended up all over the, the media, of course, out there on Fox and I think the Telegraph showed it. So, might be end up on the Professor maybe this week too. So, outside of that, obviously, that's an experience that you probably didn't expect when you first moved here. What have you loved about the city so far? What are you enjoying about living here? Um, yeah, probably for me, it's <laughs> I'm a golfer, so. You know, I'm not very good, but, you know, I like to play as much as I can and the courses here are really nice. You know, the good thing is that the golfing culture is pretty good. We've got a few players that like it. You know, a few? Rap, a few, oh. yeah. Rapper thinks he's the um, top dog, <laughs> which he probably is. He goes moment. all right, actually. He goes all right. Sammy Williams is a, is a closet gun at golf, yeah, too. Yeah, Sammy Williams is very consistent. He's a gun at everything, does. isn't he, Sammy? Mm. Um, and we've got, you know, Papali who plays a bit, Smell plays a bit. He's um he's what I call a bandit. <laughs> He's playing off 25, but he should be playing off a lot less. But it's okay. Saves it for the comps. Yeah, that's the one. Now, so, Ryan, Canberra cops, the town cops a bit of a bad stigma in regards to the life down here. You've been here now for a, for a good chunk of time. How do you how do you you know how do you find the Canberra living down here? The the vibe, the, the air down here. Yeah, I love it. I'll be honest. I, I, like I said, I'm not one of them people that likes the hustle and bustle life of 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 the cities back home, but. Um, Definitely in Canberra, it's, it's just a relaxed place to live. Um, like I said, the good thing about it is you've got there's more to do than what people think. Mm. I think you've just got to look around and like like I said, you know, you've got a good golfing golfing side of it. But not only that, you know, food's good. Just just overall, it's not, it's just a chill place. I think if you could sum it up with one thing, it's just it's just a really relaxed city slash town i think you call, you call it more a town don't you mm. but um but yeah i'm i'm still i'm still venturing out and finding more things to do in canberra because at the minute i'm pretty much based in belconnen and i do venture into the city a bit but you know like little things like is it gungarland gungarland yeah, yeah. Well like said, mate. yeah there's like little and then so the south side you know there's definitely places to go and things to do and it's it's a great place say gungarland again gungarland We've got locals that can't even pronounce that. We've got newsroom <laughs> people at the radio that can't even it's pronounce just, that. Good Garland. It's, it's literally because Paps lives there, so yeah. And I play golf next to it. What about the uh, the fact, mate, that you're probably one of the only single blokes in the team? Have you had much interest since you've been here? Ladies, <laughs> take a moment. I mean, I'll just get my number out. Right <laughs> <laughs> no, um, at the lighthouse, eh? <laughs> uh, no. does, does the accent must do you a few favours, surely. I was oh, blushing. <laughs> that means, that's a big, that's a big no, thing, yes. Soul person. We, we won't put you on the spot there, mate, but just ladies, if you if you want to know, Ryan Sutton. 0409. What's, no, what's the Instagram? What's the Instagram, mate? 
at Ryan Sutton with two ends. <laughs> Ryan, of course, you're going to come to Australia this year, you're going to see the state of origin. I love yes. asking the English boys and the Kiwi boys, because the fact that you don't get to play origin, obviously massive aspiration to eventually play for England, I mean, silly question, but now there's a big opportunity now, you're in the, the toughest NRL, t- toughest rugby league competition in the world. Yeah, I think for, for, any, for any young rugby league player, the end goal is to play for your country. Um, and that's something I'm striving for this year, definitely. Um, that I, f- I reckon that's probably one of the reasons I did come over here, not only to to play in the best competition in the world, but to to strive for something like that. Wish you all the best for the rest of the Thank season. Thanks for coming on, having a chat. There's some good luck against the Broncos this weekend. Thank you very much. Good luck, Thanks Ryan. Ryan. Thank you. Celebrating the 30th anniversary of the Green Machine's epic 1989 Grand Final victory. Yeah, this week we chat to a man who showed his profound versatility as a utility for the Canberra Raiders of the year of 1989. Came on as a sub in the last few minutes of the Grand Final to get a decent feel and taste of the glory that was soon to follow. The guy they call Kevy and the current Queensland State of Origin coach as we go back in time to 89, Raider number 86, Kevin Walters. Great to have you on the podcast, mate, and the show. Uh, look, you were a Raiders man before your big career started there at the Broncos. Obviously, came to the club in that late 80s there and you're involved in 89. It was a crucial game for the club against the Bulldogs in round five at Seaford Oval. A lot of players out. Tim Sheens put you there back at fullback. You, yeah. Ivan Hanjack, wonderful day there at Seaford Oval. You put 34-4. to You beat the reigning champs, the Bulldogs at the time. And a lot of people think that was where it all started in 89 for the Canberra Raiders. Oh, look, there's been plenty of great moments from that uh, 1989 year in the New South Wales Rugby League it was back then. But certainly uh, that day at Seaford Oval against the Bulldogs, I mean, they were the reigning premiers. And we had a few guys out injured and I got an opportunity to play uh, back at fullback, which I hadn't sort of played too much of, you know, in previous uh, years, but it was a good opportunity for me and the rest of the guys to, I guess, you know, put in a good performance. I, I think that was the thing that sort of stood out to me more than anything else through those years. That, you know, when you put that, that long green jersey on, you, you stood for something and, you know, a poor performance or an off performance wasn't really tolerated. One, by the, the coach, Tim Sheens, and also by the playing group. There was a very strong leadership group at the Raiders, of course, headed up by Dean Lance and, and Noel Meninga, Gary Coyne, these sort of players. And they, you know, they played their, they played tough every week and they expected anyone who put the jersey on to do the same. Well, we had Gary Belcher coming back saying, geez, should I be worried about getting his job back after he had such a great game there at one? But you were there, you were the the ultimate utility belt for the Raiders back in 89 and Sheenzy used to put you on there and play these different roles and you could just do a job. What was that like yeah. for you? Obviously, probably later in life now in your coaching career, you probably can gain asset from that, playing yeah, these different sure. positions. But back then, what was your mindset? I mean, I know you would have been just happy as hell to be part of the 17, but what was it like being such a utility back then? Oh, look, it was excellent. It gave me um, probably a few more first-grade games than I would have got had I hadn't had that versatility. You know, uh, Ricky Stewart and uh, and Chris O'Sullivan, obviously, with the halves combination, mm. very good at that. And then you had Laurie Daly floating around there as well. So, you know, it was tough to, to get a an opportunity at different times. So I was more than happy uh, if Tim called and Ivan Henjak was there too, of course. So you know, I was more than happy to, to get an opportunity uh, wherever Tim wanted me to play and wherever the team needed us to play. And I think I played centre, halfback, 5'8", fullback, uh, maybe even a little bit coming on as an interchange player through the, through the forwards as well, which 
um, at, at different stages throughout that year. So it was, I was happy to get, to get any sort of opportunity at, at the first grade level that was provided to me. Well, uh, you put on that nine-run winning streak, and speaking of the dogs, there was a really there was a big turning point when you played uh, the Bulldogs in Perth. Get to the finals, and I know the crux of that team were there in '87, but blokes like Ricky and Laurie and and uh, and like Lazo, they weren't there in '87. But you guys just handled that big stage so comfortably. Yeah, well, the boys did extremely well. Again, I go back to the leadership group. You know, guys like Gary Belcher and Mal Meninga, Gary Coyne. Uh, Dean Lance, all these sort of players, you know, they had significant careers in Brisbane, also in various parts of the world. So, you know, they were they were leading the team well, and I think everyone just just got in behind, and, and away they went. Brad Clyde had a breakout year too. Mm. Nice little try you scored against the Panthers there to, to clinch the game, going on the inside off your brother there, Steve. That would have been a good uh, good feeling scoring a try, getting a pass yeah, off your right. good old box. Yeah, like back to the the backyard at Burton Street up in Ipswich. That that was, uh, you know, I love playing with Steve, so I really enjoyed my time there, you know, getting some footy with him. We had a really good understanding, of, as we as you would do expect, mm. uh, being brothers. And Steve had a, had a great season as well in 89. And he was always in so many battles with Benny Elias uh, and my other brother, Kerrod, who was playing for the Broncos at the time, and Greg Canescu. And he was just mm. fighting his way as well and finding his feet as, you know, and Steve went on to become a world-class hooker as well, um, you know, post post those all those uh, games, yeah. How did it come about you getting signed from the Raiders? Like we know the story about Mal and, and Badge coming from like, the South Logan area, Gary Coyne yeah. from, I think Gary Coyne was Ipswich. Yeah, uh, Ipswich, which is uh, where the home team that we're from. So in those days, uh, people won't remember, but there was a, a three-import rule from Queensland mm. to go into, um, into the New South Wales Rugby League. So, so the year I came down, it was myself, um, uh, Peter Jackson, and I'm just trying to think who the other guy was that was coming in because Badge was already there, and there was a host of Queensland players. Wayne Big Penn Steve Jacko as well. Steve Jacko was there as well. You know, it was a host of uh, of Queensland players at the club. So I was uh, afforded the opportunity. Wayne Bennett was was a guy, that, and Don Ferner, of course, there was mm. a guy that um, to get me in. And uh, uh, when I immediately arrived, I felt right at home because my brother was there, and there were. A lot of Queenslanders and John McIntyre mm. uh, had a big influence over the, the, the team as well with his duties off the field. You know, just such a, a great person and a real rugby league person as well. 89, obviously you get some, some good minutes in that game, but that would have been such a... I mean, they say that's the biggest, the best grand final ever so far. What was your experience of, obviously, the build-up here in Canberra and then the actual 80 minutes of the game? Yeah, it was bloody awesome. I mean, I was only a young fella, probably 21 or 22 years of age, so... Oh, I didn't have um, you know a, a lot of experience at that high end level in mm. grand finals, particularly uh, on the big stage. I remember as a kid watching the grand finals, and then after going down the road with all my brothers and, and reliving those moments of the, of the Sydney grand finals. And for myself and Stephen to be there, you know, at that time, of course, we got there in '87, but get the job done in the end. But certainly '89 was a memorable. And I remember going on, make the most of this five minutes, and then we, you know, the try was scored. And we got into uh, extra time. It was unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. A great experience for me as a young person, and to to do that with my brother and all those other uh, other guys at the Raiders at the time was, you know, certainly a fantastic moment in my career. Also, what was to continue later? The partying in Canberra post grand final. There was a funny story that goes around. You were invited to the lodge there, the Prime Minister's lodge, and uh... we were the hosts of the Prime Minister and his wife and. Hazel and the food there, well, I've never seen a spread like it. It was absolutely outstanding. And I just went up to Hazel and I said, Hazel, 
this is amazing. The, the food that you put onto there must have been in the kitchen for days preparing all this. You just had a little chuckle on her face and they said, yes, yes, it's been quite a while. So it was great. And everyone, as I say, in the nation's capital got behind the team. And, and when the trophy finally was returned you know, back to Canberra, it was absolutely amazing scenes with, you know, when the plane landed you know, at the airport, there was fire engines and there was hoses and it was it was amazing. It was a great feeling. Kevy Walters, is there something you take out of your experience of 89? Do you take yeah, into your life today? Yeah, two things for sure. Certainly, I think the value of team sport and, and, and players um, enjoying what they do, I think that can never be underestimated. I think that was a big part of the Raiders in, in 89. And certainly my time at Canberra was um, the team, the mateship and, and, and the respect that everyone had for each other. And the second thing was never bloody give up. Mm. Never give up on things because you don't know what's going to happen. And I was very fortunate to get onto the field late in the game. And I, for mine, didn't think that how the game would finish and the way it did forever in a lifetime. would never have dreamt that. So never give up's a big one for me. And, and I think that the value in, in team mateship uh, and the enjoyment that can be, can be resolved from all of that. It was a great experience and one that I'm really, really proud of. Well, Kevin Walters, thanks for giving us the time. I know you've got a big job to do this year with the Queensland State of Origin coaching yeah. role again. Thank you very much for joining us as we go back in time to 89 on the Behind the Limelight podcast. Yeah, well, there's a few things that's been penciled in for this year, and Origin's one of them, but also the reunion of the, the 89 team, a 30-year reunion. I think it's against the Tigers. It might be around 16 or 17 in Canberra, so we'll look forward to that, getting down to that one and enjoying all the festivities that a premiership-winning team can enjoy. 